Hello and welcome to the Winning in Work podcast, the career podcast dedicated to making work great again. I'm Nikki Thomas, global career coach, speaker and author. Each week I'll be talking to inspirational, motivational career innovators, motivational coaches and life transformers. Those that are at the top of their game and they love their jobs. To find out their routines, their daily beliefs and how they have achieved success, sometimes against all the odds. Winning in Work is all about helping you achieve your life and career goals and helping you unlock your true potential. Whether you want to find success in your career, find the right career for you, or just enjoy your work again. The Winning in Work podcast is here to prove that your future is whatever you create for yourself. I truly believe that no one should be in a job they hate. And with this podcast, I want to prove to you that you don't have to be. Hey, hello, welcome to Winning in Work. I'm with Alex Allen today. And Alex is with me to go and talk about his own career journey. So Alex works for Twilio and he has been their sales lead there for the well and worked there for the last three years. He actually started his career working his way up through sort of account, account exec roles. He started at Twilio as an commercial account exec. And since then he has just created his own sales consultancy where he works with founders, entrepreneurs and hyper growth organizations. And he has just completely created his own career path. So he doesn't he isn't just working a nine to five, but he's actually also winning in work in his own business as well. So Alex, welcome. Thank you so much for joining the show. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, so Alex, tell us a little bit about about your career history. I mean, I know that you started at McDonald's at 16. That's correct. Exactly. <laughs> and look at you now. So some things happened that has completely, you know, skyrocketed your career. So tell me more. Yeah, most definitely. You're, you're, you're right. I did start my career at McDonald's at the, the tender age of 16, uh, selling fries on, on Croydon High Street. And, and ever <laughs> since I've kind of dedicated myself over the last 10 years to, to systematically try and build a career in sales, which is something that I was very, very passionate about. Um, and I think one of the milestones that really resonated with people was, you know, a few years into education, I took a bold decision to relinquish a, a full scholarship studying law uh, to actually get out into the city and pursue my career in sales, originally selling photocopiers and then <laughs> over the years uh, slowly built a reputation for, for selling really technology software uh, and now being one of the founding members of the EMEA sales team at Twilio. Um, joined us at about four or five hundred people globally. We're now three and a half thousand to really experience that journey of hypergrowth. And at the same time, been able to, to to work with some phenomenal founders and entrepreneurs to help them kind of scale their own sales execution for uh, you know, seven figure revenue growth. So it's been a, it's been an exciting ride so far. It's fantastic. I mean, if you think about it, where you've where you've come from and what you, you've been so driven the whole way through by the sounds of it. I mean, even to you know start off with um, working towards a law degree. I mean, you must obviously have a really good idea of what you want to do and or a good goal, and you've just started working towards it. Yes, exactly that. I um, think always had a lot of ambition and focus from a young age. And again, when I think back, I was raised in a single parent household and. What, what that kind of bred was this this weight, I guess, that I carried of needing to be a provider and really the, almost the man of the house to look after my, my mother and my sister. 
but inherently um, it, it really bred this almost chip on the shoulder mindset where I just felt I had something to prove in life and I really wanted to be able to provide for family. And fortunately, it's, as you say, got me to this point today. So you, so obviously, as you say, single parent household and, you know, I know, I know because I, I was in one as well. Uh-huh. Um, but to be, you know, to be that driven is definitely comes from your family and sort of your mm-hmm. upbringing. What was it that you think, as you say, a chip on your shoulder, sure, but what was it that you saw every day that made you go, I'm going to really provide, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to work hard every single day? Yeah, I think I was I was really fortunate. I put so much of this down to having just the most amazing mother, really. She instilled so many you know, strong characteristics and really led from the front as a leader herself. And it really instilled this sense in me of actually being an owner in my life and being someone that that takes control and doesn't let circumstances dictate. And we had some we had some challenging times. You know, we we were fortunate to have a great education. But while going through that, you know, I was sharing beds, living in in my aunt's house at particular times and in essence experienced dep- deprivation in my life. And so that gave me this this desire to never want to have to experience that myself as an adult or one day as a father myself. So we went through adversity, but fortunately my mother instilled uh, enough in me to be able to take that, absorb the lessons and actually come out the other end a better person. I think that is remarkable. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. <laughs> but it's also... People go one or two ways, right? I mean, you either going through that sort of hardship, a lot of people will just turn around and say, this is my lot. And I will, you know, and I can't get, I can't get a top job. I can't be somebody, you know, that owns their own business. I can't be, you know, head of, you know, a sales lead um, and work my way up. What is it, do you think, that is about you that has changed, changed the mindset yeah, I, th- I think one of the things when I spend time on this is is actually coming to a, a point in your life where you realize you need to live a, a purposeful life. So it's actually understanding what direction do I want to take in my life and that, you know, ultimately committing yourself to that. The reality is, is you can't actually find yourself taking any set direction if you haven't set out a purpose or a direction or an endpoint in the first place. So what I've often sought to do is is be very intentional about what I want to achieve, what is my sense of purpose, how am I going to define whether I've been someone who's made an impact on the world or not. And I almost came to this conclusion that there's really two strands to that for me. One is that I want to leave a legacy in my life and the other is that I'm in this constant pursuit of reaching personal fulfilment. And there's a few different ways in which I seek to do that, but I think it all starts with being someone who's who's purpose-led and directional in the way that they approach their life. Mm, definitely. I mean, one of the things that, um, not to say I was stalking you, but I was having a look, obviously, <laughs> on, on LinkedIn. Is One thing to know is that Alex is um, one of LinkedIn's top voices. Um, so he's in very good company with people like <laughs> Richard Branson, Holly Branson, James Kahn, and such like. Um, but one of the things that I did see on your LinkedIn was that somebody did a review for you, and they said that you were intelligent, humble, and focused. And, you know, I'm asked to write reviews all the time and I'll just say, oh, so-and-so is good at their job. But I would never, I don't know, it would have to take a lot for me to turn around and say those three things for somebody. So is this something that you've always been? It sounds like you have, but 
Have you always been this way, even as a child? It's a really interesting question. And, and the reason why is in cells, we, we often discuss whether salespeople are born or whether they're made. And it's this ongoing debate that I guess hasn't reached a conclusion. But my stance on it is that there are a few characteristics you can't teach someone. Um, mm. For me, they are passion, drive and hunger. And I believe that I have those three ingredients that you can't teach someone. And you could argue that a lot of those early experiences ignited or, or triggered those things. But when you talk about intelligence and humility and some of those other points, mm. I think, again, they all started from that that hunger and that appetite that I had from a young age to want to maximize my potential and realize the best version of myself. So I committed myself to studying and being a studious student. I always remember and think back to my starting point. And because of that, there's always this in inherent humility in me because as much as I've been able to achieve some amazing things, I also know what it's like to not have much. And so I have this kind of stay hungry attitude, irrespective of whatever I achieve or whatever I garner, because I, I know what it's like at both ends of the spectrum. And it's also why I commit a lot of what I do to trying to give back and help others uh, reach and maximise their potential. I've seen that because you... Um, so as well as doing everything else that you're doing, um, you're also Twilio's uh, diversity and inclusion lead. Correct. What does that entail? What do you do? Yeah, it's it's been an interesting one because, as I mentioned, when I joined the company, we were really acting as a startup and we were a startup and we almost describe ourselves as, as being a bit of a teenager now where we're, we're almost at scale a corporate organisation but mm. still continuing to mature our, our systems and our processes. So... For me, in terms of diversity and inclusion, when I originally got involved in it, this wasn't a systematized thing. It just started off with, a, again, a hunger and an appetite to say, I would love to be able to move the needle to create spaces and environments that make Twilio and the, the technology ecosystem more attractive and more appealing to diverse talent. Mm. And when I raised that, Fortunately, the company was very, very supportive. And what we were able to do was create an event series where we were able to bring the community in and a number of different thought leaders and actually say, hey, you know, there is no ceiling to your potential. You know, your potential is limitless. And that event really helped us trigger what has now become a real global diversity and inclusion committee and, and, and function. And we've got a regional one now as well. So a lot of my time now is spent working and collaborating with that team on initiatives we can do quarter on quarter to one, bring the community in, but two, internally raise awareness and create an environment so that everyone feels included and that actually the company provides a home for them, in essence. Mm. What's one of the big things that you've noticed that's changed in order to promote diversity and inclusion? I think one of the, the biggest things or one of the biggest misconceptions that we've helped move the needle on is what diversity and inclusion actually means and, and who it encompasses. And I found originally that a lot of people have this view that, you know, you think DNI and you think gender or you think underrepresented groups or people of colour. And the reality is when we talk about diversity and inclusion, we're talking about everyone. If you're an introvert versus an extrovert or you have a different personality type to someone else, that in itself all forms a part of that conversation. So I think that was a big misconception which we, we had to tackle early to say, actually, 
you know, we are talking about everyone and everyone needs to play a role in this and actually contribute to us moving the needle. And that is one of the biggest changes I've seen. You know, we've got a lot of different employee resource groups and we see a great spread of, of cross-functional people now getting involved in the conversation and actually looking to make a difference big picture. That's really good. I think that is actually one of the biggest problems. But I think that it does it does sometimes lead to even more separation when you do start talking about DNI and people go, oh, well, then it doesn't include me. And actually, the whole point is the inclusion piece. So I'm really glad to hear that, actually, and that it was something that was on sort of on the radar really early on. Definitely. So everything's gone very, very well. And you say, you know, you had your hardships as a child. and But as, as you've carried on, you know, it sounds like from the moment that you hit your career, you just skyrocketed. You just worked hard and got to where you are. I can't believe that it's all just gone without a hitch. <laughs> For sure. So what's, give us a, a few examples. What's gone wrong? Yeah, again, when, when I think back to, you know, a time, the, the, the first time I actually had to do public speaking because I do a fair amount of it now. And again, a lot of people see the end product and think Alex was just probably always good at this. But I think back to my teens, the first time I, I, I ever did public speaking, I felt great. I felt calm. I felt measured. Just before going on stage, I went out, big bright lights hit me for the first time and I completely went blank. <laughs> and I I froze in front of hundreds of people and I, um, I just completely had a, a mind blank. That's the only way oh, I can no. put it. And of course, I felt embarrassed. Nothing was coming to me to the point where I walked out and about 10 seconds later, I walked off. And... Um. I, I just didn't know what to do. I just completely crumbled. I couldn't go back out there. And I went home that evening and I just, you know, I, I was very, very flat, very disappointed in myself. And um, I struggled to kind of get out of it. You know, my immediate reaction was just, I'm just not cut out for this. I spent a few days and over time, I guess with support from family and starting to, you know, connect with some some role models and things like that, I came to realise I could take this one of two ways. You know, everything's about perspective. Either I walk away from this and that's it. You know, I, I'm just not good at public speaking or I can turn it around, take it head on and, and actually develop a means by which I, I practice, I practice, I practice, I commit myself and get to the end goal. And that's exactly what I did. So I, I took it, I started studying it, I started practising it, I started doing talks and just recording myself to the point where if you look at my phone now, typically before I do any kind of public speaking, I've rehearsed it about 30 times over and that's not even an exaggeration. Um, but the end product means that I've delivered. So I wanted to tell that story because it ties into almost every aspect of my life. It's not been that Alex has just been born great. This is 4am, 5am starts practicing, educating myself, doing it over and over and over again, being consistent. And then eventually the bit that everyone sees is hopefully the, the polished, finished article. That's really good, actually. And I think that is something that our listeners really need to think about is, as you say, it's the whole practicing. And I think it is a, a quote, and I'm not even going to try and say that I know exactly the words, but I know that Usain Bolt said, you know, I go out there and I practice, you know, for however many years for, you know, what, I don't know, 20 seconds of his life <laughs> with how quick this guy is. Yes. But it's not about that people don't see all the work that it takes to get to where 
to see the finished article. And I think that is what people forget. I think that is Instagram culture. I think that is just you know, Facebook culture, social media. We end up getting ourselves into this. We should be perfect, but there is a lot of work that goes behind it. Completely agree. And yeah. as you say, 4am, 5am start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly that. I've started to actually experiment with, with cold showers. I don't know if you've, you've ever tried that yourself. I've tried it. I tried it really. and it didn't last very long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not easy, but it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting one. I'm playing around with it at the minute. There's a really interesting book about the, um, about the morning routine. Yes. And yes. it's about doing a certain amount of things every morning before you, um, before you start your day. For sure. And I think it's a really great way of doing it. But then it's also when you start counting back. Yes. You start realising that you're waking up when it's still dark outside. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good one. But then it's the driven side of you, I guess. And it's the fact that you are driven to, to succeed. Yes. No, and exactly. And whatever success may mean to you and whether those goalposts change, you will always be working towards it. 100%. Yeah. So what is, as we say success, what is your personal habit? You know, if you could give our listeners one thing, one nugget of your life, what is your personal habit for success? Yeah. So for me, there's probably a few things that, you know, I see as, as actionable tips that I tend to try and follow. And one, I guess, sentiment that I'd almost want to start with is that you know, I say you can't do what everyone else is doing and expect to deliver a different result. You know, you've got to be able to push boundaries. So for me, I, I tend to start every day, as I say, first thing is early to so typically 5 a.m. starts. And then I do actually have my own morning routine. So I normally do a, a quick 10 minute workout, very short, sharp hit workout meditation just to kind of get the mind focused and, and centered. And then I also have this rule where I take the first 30 minutes, post that with no technology or no phone. I really struggled to do that initially. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. known as a workaholic and, um, you know, people would never be surprised to see a message from me at, you know, 5.05 often in the morning. But I realized that actually it was it was kind of detrimental me doing that. So my morning routine typically starts like that, you know, get up, quick workout, meditate, 30 minutes, no technology mm. and, and 500 millilitres of water. I think it's really important to just get some water in you early and then I'm off and I try and I like to kind of get my day started before I know anyone else's in, in some kind of way. Um, and that kind of ties into the, you know, don't do what everyone else is doing. you got to do something different or, uh, you know, be that 30 minutes earlier, stay that 30 minutes later sometimes just to get a head start on competition. I like that. Really good habits. Because I think that's exactly it, is that a habit is something that you do to change what to change what you're currently doing. So if you want the success, you make the habits to go and get you one step closer to that. Exactly. Really, really good. And um, so LinkedIn Top Voice. So I know we're sort of rounding up um, the podcast now, but LinkedIn Top Voice, that is something that, you know, as I say, you are with great company there, influencers in business but also in starting really thoughtful conversations. What was it that picked you out? Why did LinkedIn come to you and say, right, you are a top voice in LinkedIn right now? I mean, I I, I was, to an extent, you know, I was really humbled by it, I, I'll be honest, because LinkedIn measure activities and profiles typically over a 12-month period. And it was back in July 2019 that I decided I was, I was going to be intentional about building personal brand on LinkedIn. So it was only really within five months or less than five months that that, that happened. Um, 
the things that I think really helped set me apart, the, the first thing was my kind of openness and transparency in not just telling, again, the outcomes, but telling the, the stories and the journeys that went into everything I achieved. And I had a really interesting post that did well, which was actually about a job or a promotion that I didn't get. And I got a ton of messages from people saying, Alex, have you, have you lost your mind? Why would you tell people you just didn't get a promotion? And I felt that it was really, really important that as I talk to all of the successes and the wonderful things that I've done, that I tell the full story and kind of build a connected community. So I think that principle really helped. The other thing was just demonstrating thought leadership in what I do. I live, eat, sleep, dream and breathe sales. I'm, I'm truly passionate about what I do. Mm. And off the back of that, you know, I also love writing. So I decided to combine the two and write pieces where I share knowledge and experiences and thought leadership. And I found that that's made a massive difference on, on a ton of different salespeople's lives, especially people newer into their careers who want to make early impact. So I think that really, really helped. And lastly, it's being someone who's engaged and, and connected within the community. So a lot of people put out content, but don't actually then engage with the people that comment or like or mm. share their content. And I kind of set myself this rule where, you know, anyone who engages with my content, I engage with them. I respond to every message I get. I respond to every comment I get. And I think the culmination of all of those things, LinkedIn recognized, and I was fortunate enough to be ranked third on that list. So it was a, a real privilege and an accolade. And I hope to be able to replicate it again this year. That's fantastic. I'm about to ask you what you love about your career. <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, what don't I love about it? As I say, I, I sacrifice so much to pursue this career. I, you know, I've studied now in this career. So the, the thing I love about it the most, I think, is the ability to, to drive tangible and quantifiable and measurable business outcomes for companies. And I'm fortunate enough to work with some of the most exciting, hyper-growth companies on the planet. So when you know you've kind of been a part of that story and that journey and you've delivered some kind of transformative outcome and then maybe you see that in the press or you see the growth that that company has, it's a feeling that's hard to replicate. So for me, it's really connecting with people, driving outcomes and just being able to operate in a space that I really feel I was born and destined to be in. It definitely sounds like you were, I have to say. And <laughs> in terms of if you love it, you know, it shows and... That is the one thing, as you say, you live, breathe, sleep, sales, but you can tell, but also you can tell that you, you are driven, but that you really, really want, you really want to help others as well. And I think that is a really lovely combination. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so if our listeners want to get in touch with you, which I think they definitely should do, and let's, uh, you know, if you're on LinkedIn, please connect with Alex because what he does put out there is really interesting, thought-provoking uh, conversations. Um, so Alex, how can people get hold of you? Yes, yeah, so I think uh, best is is LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. So if you just search Alex Elaine, you'll find me. I've also got my website, alexelaine.com and uh, Instagram, all of the other social networks. I'm growing my presence there as well. So uh, any of the above. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Nikki. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the Winning in Work podcast and leave us a review. Also, join us on Twitter at Winning in Work where we share all our upcoming guests, live events, and career workshops. Winning in Work is a podcast that's turning the rat race into a work-happy place.
This episode has been produced by Podcast Syndicator. To find out more about Podcast Syndicator, go to www.podcastsyndicator.com.